This week on Dig Me Out, Tim and Jay review Fade Cliché by Sports Guitar. Wow, that is exactly the guitar tone everybody is trying to avoid. In terms of the pantheon of songs about masturbation, you're like, oh my god. I like tits. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I'm your host, Tim Minichi, and joining me once again, my always reliable co-host, Mr. Jason Ziak. Jay, uh, I say always reliable because we've done 123 episodes now together. One, two, three. We've done 6,493 episodes. No, but that might be the number of minutes <laughs> that we've spent together. Yeah. Just talking about 90s albums. And uh, we're going to talk about another one tonight. And we're going to talk about another one that was suggested by David Dirty Gert Gorgos. This was his third uh, requested review. Requested, requested review. review. For the 2013 season, our third. And uh, because of that, I gave him a bonus. So he's going to get a free episode coming up soon. And uh, I'll extend that to anybody who makes picks. Anybody who, who picks three albums gives us three Paola reviews. You get your you get your fourth one free. It's on us. It's a good deal. You're not gonna get a better deal at any other podcast when it comes to reviewing '90s albums. So, bring your money here. Uh, Mr. Gorgos, who joined us for his previous selection, he laid down some uh, some Swiss guitar in the form of sports guitar. Jay, were you familiar with sports guitar prior to this episode? Lord, no. Lord, no. No, absolutely not. Okay. In fact, the name sounded made up. I was like, what? <laughs> that ex- that band exists? I-, I was thinking, like, when I heard sports guitar, I was like, is that like a, a-, a weird 1960s guitar that was made in Italy? And it, like, it, f- <laughs> it was it fit into your back of your Fiat, like, yeah. or your, or your, your, uh, your, Ferrari uh, 340 GT. I don't even know if it was a 340 GT. I just made that number up. Anyway, uh, yeah, so it's sports guitar. And uh, this is David's third pick. So let's talk about the history of sports guitar. History of the band. So like I mentioned, sports guitar is from Switzerland, specifically Lucerne. Switzerland. They were formed in 1993 by singer-guitarist Oliver Obert and guitarist Roland Saum. S-A-U-M. Saum is how I'm pronouncing it. So they released their first album, Fade Slash Cliché, on their own record label called Our Own Records in 1995, and then it was released a year later in 1996 on Derivative Records. Now, for 1995, they did actually uh, put out a single, and that came out on Sub Pop. They did a seven-inch for the song Gong, Gong Gong, not Gong, Gong Gong. Uh, in 1997, they, they got on the Matador Records, and they released Married Three Kids in 1998. Also on Matador Records, they released Happy Already. In 2000, they released Surface on Glow Music, and then followed that up in 2003 with Cicadas Chirping on Glow Music slash Tudor Records. Um, as far as the internet is concerned... This band is still together. They haven't released anything in 10 years, 
but they haven't announced anything as far as breaking up, as far as anything I could tell, but there's not a little, not a whole lot of information about this band. So there you go. Want to remember or remind everybody that if you want to suggest a band for review, like our friend David Gorgos did, please visit our request review page at digmeoutpodcast.com. That's how you're going to get your album into our ears. Now, Jay, we did get some Facebook feedback. Do you want to take a wild guess who left us some Facebook feedback? Uh, David Gorgos? Correct, sir. <laughs> This is what he said uh, when we posted this album for our Friday Facebook feedback. He said, Gary Olson of Ladybug Transistor turned me on to this record back in the Kim's Underground days. Now, I'm going to translate that sentence for some of you out there. Ladybug Transistor is a band. Kim's Underground is a record store. The one that I believe uh, David mentioned in the previous episode as working at. So... Uh, a record of contrast, sweet boat vocals, but dark sexual lyrics, jangly rhythm guitar, and howling, possibly out-of-tune lead guitar. Curtains must be one of the all-time best songs about masturbation. We'll get to that. I think you got some pretty... St- I, don't, I almost said stiff competition when he said, when he, uh, when he said about songs about masturbation, but that's kind of a double entendre, isn't it? Oofa. Yeah. Uh, so let's just get to this record, Jay. Because uh, we have a lot to talk about when it comes to sports guitar and their particular brand of jangly rhythms and howling out-of-tune lead guitars. We previously had Radio Spangle from David. We previously had Space Needle. And now we have Sports Guitar. Does this follow in line with his previous picks? Is this a cliche? Or... uh, did he bring something new to the table with sports guitar? Uh, I think it's kind of what I expected a little bit. Uh, I knew it would be challenging. I knew he wouldn't uh, throw us a softball. So, um, No pun intended. Yeah. Gertrude. <laughs> um, so, you know, I kind of expected it to be a challenge. I expected it to be, you know, not easy to get into. And um, I... I uh, that tension that I think that he likes quite a bit that we talked about in the Space mm-hmm. Needle episode, I expected that to be here. Uh, you know, I think it is. Uh, it is in here. The, the tension we talked about between the... Well, how, how did he state it? I don't want to misquote him. Do you remember how... It, in terms of the Space Needle episode, do you remember... He just he talked about how he, how he likes bands in which there's tension within the band between songwriters like Velvet Underground or or, or Sonic Youth where there's where there are opposing forces bringing two different styles and having them clash within a single band or album or, or, you know, yeah. So writing style. So exactly. So I think the tension is here. I think it's a little different on this record. I don't think it's necessarily different songwriters. I think it's tension within the songs. Um, you know, so there's a core of all these songs, which tend to be, I guess you could say, you know, pop oriented in terms of what the vocal melody is doing and usually the chord structure. Um, you know, it's sort of like a pop indie, you know, kind of feeling. Um, there's, I think, some melody in there and mm-hmm. some sense of some sense of hooks. Uh, the challenge comes with how it's presented for, in terms of the rest of the band, in terms of the production of the record. So, um, really, you have very distant 
strange sounding drums. Uh, you know, they sound very small and very delicate, but very far away. Um, and then you got this very interesting guitar. I'll give it that. Um, it's a way to seems, put it. Yeah, it seems to always have a delay on it and at times not clear if it's making noise or attempting melody, which in theory, and in some instances on this record, I you know I can appreciate and I enjoy. Um, I enjoy that kind of slipping in and out of going from dissonant sort of you know chaos and all of a sudden you know slipping back into a melody and kind of rocking back and forth between that in a song. Um, the problem for me is that the presentation of all that together and how it comes together in terms of a mix is very very odd, uh, even for I think sort of lo-fi or however you want to define this like in terms of how it's presented um you know you're i guess the attempt is to draw you into the vocal which is very quiet and the drums are very distant and then you just have this kind of squealing guitar at times and grating dissonant guitar that's really blaring um and really in your face so you're kind of like drawing in but at the same point it's like you know i'm just imagining a guitar amp next to your head feeding back and you're like trying to hear somebody play like a delicate acoustic song and there's this second guitar amp just like plastered your forehead just ringing weird like you're like oh my god so sonically it's a challenge you know from that standpoint it's kind of interesting in that the I think the second half of the album starts to uh, strip away some of that tension a little bit and gets a little bit more you know straightforward or just embrace, trying to embrace, I think the the core of the song, the core of the, the you know the chords and the um, the melody there, which you know it, it works better for me. You know, yeah, is it is it less of a challenge? Yeah, so it's easier to get into, and I can kind of understand where they're going with things, and I can kind of hear in a song like Terror, I can hear you know a Pixies influence there, and kind of get melodically what they're trying to do. Overall, it's a lot of that that formula I described. I mean, it's, it's you know, 
I'd say, you know, a 14 song album, I would say like maybe eight songs are like that or nine songs, maybe more mm -hmm. of that same formula over and over and over again. It's just really, it was difficult for me. Well, um, when you, so. when you say formula, I think one of the problems is that it's also repetitiveness. There are a lot mm -hmm. of songs where whatever, um, Oliver Obert, who's playing the, who's singing and playing either acoustic or clean electric, he doesn't vary what he's playing a whole lot in a lot of the songs. Now, he does in, like, uh, Reality and um, uh, Sirius, track eight. They kind of actually have some parts to them. But, like, in the mm -hmm. opening song, Gong Gong, it's really just a, a strummed acoustic, you know, doing that noisy electric over top. And his vocal just kind of goes in and out. But it doesn't, there's no real change to the song at any point it just sort of sing and then if he doesn't sing there's a loud electric doing noise and then he comes back and sings and then it comes back and there's no there's no changes there's no dynamics there's nothing mm -hmm. it's all that special about it yeah in terms of uh, even the melody like there are other songs on here which sound like classic early guided by voices tobin sprout really poppy british invasion melodies uh reality is like the first one where it sort of so, sort of comes through it starts with this kind of annoying guitar lead but then there's an actual like drum fill and the song turns into this like jangle pop song for, for mm -hmm. a little bit and there's some dynamics to it and there's some changes and it's only a minute and a half long but which is also very guided by voices-esque but it actually has some you know melody there get that in a couple songs uh you know it, it, a, a lot of them harken back to you know experimental british folk from like the 60s and and noisy stuff that was sort of then disseminated by the lo-fi bands of the 90s and in pavement and and guided by voices and the, and the other bands that we've listened to in terms like radio spangle and some other ones um the problem is is that you know he mentioned about the lyrics I couldn't make out the lyrics of most of the songs. Maybe I needed a lyric sheet, but I, but I had a really hard time understanding what he was saying because so often it was opposed by a, this guitar that was just eating up frequency. And I, I th they must have been playing like a solid state amp with <laughs> a dirty rat pedal because it is yeah. so nasty sounding and not in a good way. No. The, uh, uh, there are some guitar tones, particularly like uh, right out of the bat gate, Gong Gong. You know, there's a guitar tone on that. You're like, wow, that is exactly the guitar tone everybody is trying to avoid. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. all over this song. I I really wish that 
this was more like um, like television or what uh, the early Matthew Sweet sounded like. Not it has to be that produced, but if you listen to a lot of the early Matthew Sweet, there are a lot of songs where there is some wicked noisy guitar solos going on, mm. um, and it's counterbalanced by Matthew Sweet's lush pop vocals. And it works because you have this ugliness of these the guitar parts that are sort of out of control. And then these sweet melodies. Here you get that, but you don't get you get the you get the nastiness, but you don't get that sweet melody in as much that it provides enough counterbalance to actually make me want to go back into and listen to it again. I couldn't I can't draw a, a, a line out or a melody from the album because they were just so buried on almost every song that I have a hard time of remembering what anything sounds like. Yeah. I think some of the more memorable, um, melodies that they end up being on guitar. Cause that's what's so damn loud on the record. So like, uh, you know, the song down has some, uh, there's a knack here for, you know, writing simple, but memorable guitar lines and melodies. Mm-hmm. Um, on a couple songs, and that's one of them that has a, a pretty nice little part, um, and it does some kind of almost lead-oriented things in one yeah, section. Yeah, the chorus. And, and my problem with that song is like, yeah, it forgoes some of the noise. Um, it does have like this strange-sounding distorted bass that's got like reverb on it, and it's interesting. Um, but the and it forgoes some of the you know the squawky noisy guitar. The problem is the drum performance on it is so bad like yeah. it's the kind of thing where like he's missing snare beats or like you know what I mean? like not on the ch- where the change is supposed to be he's like a little bit off and it all sounds very tentative and boy i don't know that's i i can i can sort of see through you know noise and appreciate you know dissonance and those sorts of things but man piss poor drumming is just a deal breaker like it makes it really hard to get into a record whether it's on purpose or not on purpose but like just tentative off you know mistake ridden drumming is just something i cannot i you know i don't know if i'll ever be able to understand that or get into stuff that is you know produced that way Well, 
I think did you notice that or am I being an oversensitive? No, no. Uh, the drums were really annoying and just pretty much across the board. And I think it's because, you know, there's like a natural rhythm to songs inherently. And when you when you start to break off from that rhythm by missing a snare beat or or playing too far behind or ahead, it you can feel the 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 mistake being made. Mm-hmm. Even if you can't pinpoint it, you just know it's wrong. And if you're okay with that, that's cool. But like you said, like when you hear drums that don't work, it's just it really grates. And that's unfortunately that's what happens on a lot on this record. It's better almost when there's no when there's no drums, mm-hmm. um, and just like you know, I think there's one or two songs where there's just a tambourine. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just like a, a kick a kick drum and a like rim shot or something you know it's not yeah that that works much better for me especially in this format with what they're doing um i did want to uh highlight track eight serious again because uh i might be crazy but it had almost like a george harrison post beatles kind of Hari krishna feel to it mm. um had these some counter melodies at one point. It was all sort of down strummed and had this vibe to it where I was like, they're almost entering some pop Beatles territory with this song. Am I crazy with that? Let down the girls, those I can't 
No, I flagged that song. That was where you know the record started. It took a little bit of a turn for me, which was nice. That, that song definitely made me start listening again. I was starting to get to the point at that you know at that point in the record, where I started to you know pretty much write it off. Like okay, the rest of the, obviously to this point, it's been pretty much the same formula. And uh, and then that came up, and I said, you know, well, well, wait a minute. Uh, now I see what's going on here in terms of songwriting and the, at least the, the bass guitar rhythm, uh, chord choice, vocal melody kind of thing. And like, you know, the drums are, uh, qu- you know, they're not really a huge part of that song. You know, it's more just, it's just simpler, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then noisy guitars out of the way. And it, yeah, you're right. You can kind of get that Beatlesque, um, slightly folk, but slightly folky kind of, kind of vibe to it and i definitely you know that was one of the ones that i noticed more than the others and wish there was more of or if there is more of it that you could hear it you know it's like one of those records where it's like well there might be another record underneath this whole thing that i guess if you spend enough time with you'd sort of start to reveal or if they just remixed it and took the drums out you'd hear yeah, I'm cur- you know, it's weird because I listen to this, I'm actually curious to hear what they sound like on later albums because it's so bizarre and it's so outside my wheelhouse, yet I hear things where I'm like, ooh, I wonder if they picked up on that and expanded on that next record, which I'll probably go listen to the record and be like, nope, they went in the opposite direction and they stripped away all the melody and they stripped away all of the, the 60s folk you know, psychedelic influence, whatever's going on, and they've just gone more into the noise section, and then I'll feel stupid for going after the the next records. But it would be nice if somehow they did start to focus a little bit more on the melody and the and I don't need, you know, I don't need Matthew Sweet songs on everyone, but just having some sort of a vocal hook to catch on to, I don't Spending a couple weeks with the record, I think, is enough time to catch that. You know, I don't. It's not like it's not like we're asking for power pop here, <laughs> where every every song is a giant hook. We're not asking for cheap trick. It's just, yeah. Uh, I, I wish there was more than two or three songs where I was like, "Ooh, that's a melody." Yeah. What'd you think about curtain and tits? <laughs> well, okay. So we got to. And those are two. Those are. Those are two separate songs. Oh, there's not a song called Curtain Tits? <laughs> curtain and Tits. Um, I, I just thought fun, the curtain was funny in that uh, the lyrics might be about masturbating, but the music is not. <laughs> Something that I don't... <laughs> well, first of all... It's an odd musical choice for a song about masturbation. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's very let's, awkward. Let's <laughs> say this first. In terms of the pantheon of songs about masturbation... You obviously have to start with uh, the Divinals, I Touch Myself. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anything that's going to top that. Uh, number two would be Shebop by Cindy Lauper. And then uh, number three, The Vapors Turning Japanese. So those are three pretty heady songs, pretty, pretty big songs when it comes to uh, masturbation songs. So I don't know that I can put that up there, especially because I can't understand what he's saying during a lot of it. So that sort of deducts a few points. Um, as far as 
As far as tits, I liked it. I like tits. <laughs> There's your pull quote for this out for this. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I it's it was different. It had that like vibrato guitar. Yeah. And um, you know the knock on is the song doesn't change at all really. Right. Um, it's a nice yeah. It's a nice guitar line and melody and actual it in terms of a sound. You know, it, it's a it's a, a sound that I you know wanted wanted to listen to <laughs> a little bit more. Wanted to stick with. Um, you know, again, it's, it's stripped down. I think we're all in agree. We're both in agreement here that when you strip it down, we're way more interested than uh, when you got the, the full noisy guitar. And, you know, it's funny uh, for, for a band that has very little going on. The fact that yeah. we are asking them to actually strip down even further. <laughs> so, yeah, it says something. Yeah. I'm not sure what, but and, and we're both like, <laughs> I talked about this song. You're like, it does it doesn't change, and I was about to say, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. It goes on a little too long. It's only two minutes and 30 seconds. But it still feels like a, f- a five-minute long song or something. Yes. And yes. Uh, just, I don't know. Tits is just... It's not the tits. One. Where I was like, you know, it comes on, I'm like, oh, this, this is different. Okay, I can kind of get into this. What's that? It's not the tits. Yeah. Yeah. And when he gets to the line, you're like, What? Wait a minute. What did you say? Yeah, that's kind of creepy or something. I don't know. So that we're in that one. Well, you know, we're gonna obviously people are gonna have samples of the songs to listen to, so we can let them be the judge of of uh, the various tracks that we've provided as examples. Um, And this is a good one for you know, give us some feedback. On, uh, on the Facebook page when we post this episode or on the new uh, Dig Me Out podcast page, which uh, looks pretty damn good, I have to say. Good job, Jay. Thank you. What's your, uh, what's your rating for this? Were the album better EP, decent single? Oh, I'm in a single. I'm just going to be songs? straight out there with you. One. <laughs> I mean, I could pick, okay, you know, I'd probably pick two or three, but honestly, of those two and three, I'd rather just pick one of them, you know, and just... Be happy with that. <laughs> uh, I'm at three songs. I, I don't know if that qualifies as an EP because it could be because it's so short. You could probably fit two songs on one side. Um, so I'm going to go with a single. But I pick Reality, Mars, and Sirius. Was was your one one of those three? No, I like Down. Oh, you picked Down. Okay, well. Yeah. Then um, right. and that wasn't a bad song. I like the chorus of that song and the guitar lead is cool in that song. It just as overall, the song didn't yeah. work for me. Uh, but yeah. that's four songs between the two of us out of 14. So there's your EP. Uh, but it's the kind of song where it, uh, it doesn't totally work, but there's parts of that where, like, you know, just as somebody who's, you know, whatever, musician or just thinks that way, it's like, ooh, that's a cool part. You know, that's an idea that you could, you know, get some inspiration from. Mm-hmm. And I think that more, if there's moments on this album um, that I appreciate, it's more from that angle sort of like oh i get where they're going on that or i just i like the simplicity of that or that's an interesting sound or you know that kind of thing yeah well there you have it that's our review of sports guitar we need to thank our uh frequent suggestor mr david yurdiger gorgos for providing us with another interesting and challenging review uh we like getting challenged so if you want to challenge us Feel free to visit our request review page 
and make, make a suggestion. Tell us what you think we need to check out uh, down the road. And we'll be back with uh, another David, Ger- David uh, Gorgos suggestion in the coming weeks. That's his freebie. Buy three, get the fourth one free. That's how it works here at Dig Me Out Podcast. Jay, we're going to wrap you know, this we up. Also like albums that are just, we also like albums that are just, you know, sweet and simple and melodic. So you can could, you could recommend those too. Yeah. If, yeah. Or full of awesome riffs or. Yeah, nobody you know, has suggested, uh, nobody suggested Ultraphobic by Warrant. You guys could pick that one. Just saying. Or not. Yeah, I know. All right. I think we should torture uh, David Gorgas and have him on for that episode. Yes, uh, that's the challenge to you, David. We're going to review Warrant's Ultraphobic. Please prep, and you are welcome to join us for that episode. Uh, if you like what you heard, ladies and gentlemen, oh, please consider us. Please consider leaving us some positive feedback over at iTunes. We would greatly appreciate it. Bump us up in the ratings. For Jay, I am Tim, and we're going to wrap this one up, and we're going to say thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. Join the conversation about this episode at digmeoutpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook page and Twitter feed, as well as links to our request a review and merchandise pages. Oh.